and then obviously Ben, you know, you know, we want to give you a lot of uh, um, <laughs> bandwidth. Con- uh, what's that? Bandwidth. Bandwidth. Oh no, I meant, I meant <laughs> more like creative, creative direct. Yeah, bandwidth. Oh, okay, yeah, cre- creative direction on <laughs> on uh, what you what is important like to you guys and, and what you really want to be talking about as well. Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode, I'm going to screw this up, 70? I think we're at 70, 71 even. Well, we'll see. Who do we have? Jen Pugsley. Robin Kroll. Benjamin Pratt. Michael Turksani. Ben, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, digitally zoomed in all the way from... Portland, Oregon. It's uh, beautiful and cloudy and raining, uh, which is what it always is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Triple Geography Podcast. That's great. Well, thanks for uh, joining us today from Acton Software, one of our platforms that we love, that we've been yes, working with do. for very long. In fact, I saw one of uh, our first employees who's still with us said that we've been partners for around five years, but it's longer than that, Jen. It is. It's like it seven. Is. It's it a is. seven. It's closer it's to seven. seven. So pretty cool, pretty exciting seeing uh, you guys grow and us grow um, along the way. And we've got some interesting things to talk about for leveraging Acton in 2022 for uh, growth marketing. And you guys recently pivoted your brand. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ben, and maybe the the whole brand pivot and a little bit of what's going on in the platform before we dive into a very specific area that I know we want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Michael. Um, so again, my name is Benjamin Pratt. I'm the manager of deliverability services here at Acton. Uh, I'm part of the professional services team and uh, myself and uh, the team that I oversee are responsible for ensuring that uh, we help our customers uh, see the most value out of their marketing campaigns. And we do that by ensuring that all email gets to the inbox. Mm-hmm. Recently, we've evolved a little bit to also include SMS messaging. And we're responsible for making sure that all Acton customers who are utilizing our SMS product um, are not only getting set up with the correct numbers that they want to be able to utilize so that they can see the most value from their SMS channel, but also so that they um, get all of their SMS messages to their recipients as well. So we get the privilege of kind of leaning into both areas, which is really exciting. Um, and as you mentioned, Acton has been growing substantially over the last couple of years. We've been really kind of uh, thinking about who we are and how we position ourselves in the market. Um, and we've really kind of uh, focused on a little bit of our brand uh, pivot to focus on uh, growth marketing and really helping customers kind of level up to that next stage of uh, marketing sophistication. Mm-hmm. I think SMS really came at a good time for that because SMS is a very, very sophisticated marketing channel. Um, it's one of those channels that you really need to be super intentional about and really understand exactly how you're trying to communicate with your end recipients. And so I think the the brand pivot and SMS coming out as one of our products was perfect timing. I think it really hits on how we're trying to to show ourselves off to the world. Yeah, the brand pivot, I mean, I think is is such a great thing that you mentioned and that we've seen as well, just in terms of um, focusing more on, you know, what are we all out to do as, as marketers, right? And, um, you know, leveraging great platforms and great technology underneath um, from companies like Acton, 
but at the end of the day, you know, what are our efforts really here to do? And I think the, the, the growth platform, the growth marketing message is a, is a great story um, because it allows us to really remember, well, what are we here to do? And certainly your experience within the deliverability team and the professional services team, you see a, a lot of uh, the end results, probably people doing it a, the right way and, and people that need a lot of help still. So you mentioned SMS. Why don't we get into that and start talking? Why don't we start with like, why is it such a, I think that the, the word you used was sophisticated, you know, to talk about that because, you know, when I think of SMS messaging and I don't know what it's like for, for you guys, but I had like a phone when I was 16 or 17 <laughs> and I remember doing text messages and I, I remember um, not using them very much because, you know, people really didn't have it going on. So then email came and BlackBerry and all that kind of stuff. And then years later and some online chats and then years later, text messages started to come up again. And I thought, well, that's just silly. Why are that, that was like when I was 17. Why are we doing text messaging again? And of course, the rest of the world got phones and and started using it like crazy. But um, it's definitely something that's been around for a while. So maybe we talk about what's the deal with that? Like why, why now? What's like kind of what are you guys seeing from a from that perspective? And why is it so important to to think about it? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question, Michael. And I think um, one of the ways that, you know, when I was trying to wrap my head around this, when Acton announced that we were going to be doing this was just kind of comparing at a very uh, personal level. How do I engage with uh, marketing and how do I engage with, you know, the, the channel that we currently use the most right now for at least act on, which is email. And I know if I receive a promotional message in my email, maybe I look at it, maybe I don't, you know, especially I'm a Gmail user. So they get filtered into my promotions tab. I usually check it once a day, maybe. Sure. And so email delivery rates, depending on what uh, type of industry and vertical you operate in can vary wildly. They're often anywhere between four to 15%, maybe higher if you have a really, really engaged audience. But then when you think about SMS messages, the second your phone vibrates, and oftentimes phones nowadays have a very specific vibration or ringtone for SMS messages specifically, the open rate for them is through the roof because you almost invariably check them immediately. Mm -hmm. So there is this incredible opportunity within the SMS channel where you know that the people who are opted into your messaging campaigns are going to see it. They're going to engage with it. They're going to read it. And so you as a marketer and just as a brand have this incredible opportunity to really engage with your users and your customers on a super personal level that email has not really been able to achieve at the same level. Um, and so SMS really does represent this incredible opportunity to just strengthen the marketing channels that are already out there and get people more engaged with your brand, which in turn creates brand loyalty and makes them a little bit stickier uh, and happy with the, the experience that they're having with you. So, Jen, Robin, do you guys, are, yeah. you, are you getting, are you getting, you know, I guess I, I hate to use the term marketing because I don't want to suggest promotional. And I think that was something we talked about earlier before we got on, we're going to talk about some use cases that we have, but even customer service or customer marketing type, type uh, messages. Are you, are you guys getting texts from brands? Yes. Yeah. Robin. 
I, I am. And it's interesting because the way you just described that, Ben, you know, as a marketer, I always like to think about how I react from a personal perspective to how I get communications across different channels and sort of sense check them. So how do I react to an email message versus how do I react to a text message? And I know we're going to get to the, the types of communications that you might send by one channel versus the other. But I think when you think of it from that lens, you can understand how a text message really can stand out from mm -hmm. uh, an email communication. Well, and I think even the email fatigue over the last two years, right, is, is it's almost, mm -hmm. it's almost anxiety provoking to go into your email, even if it's a positive, you know, to a positive communication or something that you actually needed it's your kid's school or something it's still it's still daunting mm -hmm. yeah. and i wonder if if you know the if the whole concept of like dms within other platforms and even even to some degree like twitter kind of updates or twitter um, posts that you would see if if that sort of helped the SMS landscape in terms of just being more, I don't know, like open, not like open to like receiving one from companies versus it being like from, you know, Hey, you're, you're getting one from your friend to go to the bar kind of thing. <laughs> you know, you're actually getting something from sure. a brand, but what do, what do you think about that, Ben? Yeah. So I think this is an interesting viewpoint on SMS in general. And I think that your uh, point on the, the DM analogy is, really on point. And again, you know, thinking about SMS on a personal level, SMS is at its core, a very personal channel. And so when you think about DMs, you kind of expect them to come from friends and not necessarily from a company. And if it does come from a company, it should still feel personal because you should be, the recipient is, is going to be expecting that this is going to be treated very mm -hmm. much the same way. It's a very personal channel. They're expecting very instantaneous transfer of communication between somebody that they know and trust. Um, and so if it's an SMS message between my wife and I, for example, I know there's going to be a quick, hey, what are you doing? Going out for you know groceries real quick. By the way, can you grab some milk? Got it. Okay, on the way home. If it's coming from a company, it should still be very much the same way. It should be super personalized. It should understand who I am as a recipient. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the best way to make SMS really grow. And I think this is what we're going to start seeing as kind of a shift in how we expect to receive uh, messages from brands and from companies over the next couple of years, because as the younger generations who are very, very SMS driven um, come into uh, you know their, their adult years and start joining the workforce, we're going to see kind of that shift away from very, very formal emails. And even over the last couple of years, you can see that shift away from very formal kind of conversations. You know, emails are less and less um, you know, dear so-and-so, sincerely yours, and just, you know, one sentence with a few emojis at the end, we're going to see SMS start kind of leaning into that more personal, um, you know, kind of direct type of atmosphere as well. And I think that type of uh, informality and more personal approach to conversations is going to continue with SMS in the next couple of years as well. So I think for companies who are looking to get into SMS, understanding who their end recipients are mm -hmm. is going to be the best way to leverage this. And we can dig into that a little bit because that's a whole different theory as well. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I, I think 
that analogy again back to DMs really speaks to, to why SMS is picking up steam and why a lot of people are really interested in it because it is again hyper personalized. And I love how you 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 said that about the the personalized understanding who your end consumer is. I feel like we talk about this a lot about understanding your target audience, making sure that your message uh, is really focused on who they are and what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I think we end up repeating this because if we look at the the you know, the communications that we receive right now, the emails or some of the texts, you realize that so many, of the brand, so many brands either don't understand that or they don't have the capabilities to send that really targeted message. And as we get into even more personalized communications, right? So when we're talking about text, having that approach, having that very end customer focused approach is going to be even more important because consumers are getting even more uh, savvy. And, you know, as you're talking about a generation that are digital natives, that they are very, they, they can turn off your message more easily than anybody else. So making sure that you do not miss that mark is become even more mm -hmm. critical. Well, and I think the way you consume information too, I think that, um, it's purposeful. So I think what we're saying is it's purposeful. So if I was a, you know, we, we talk, we'll get into the insurance use cases and we talk a lot about that, but for a workforce that is, is now remote, right. Or you're in you're, you're, you're adopting a more independent model. I, I don't want to have to dig through my email to know that something's been approved by underwriting or, or, or a claim's been processed, or that's just, or, or even on the, the employee benefit side, that it's just very quick, it's very purposeful. Um, and it, I like your, your reference, Ben, about timing. Like it's, that it's timing is instantaneous in terms of the way we communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And so actually, I think, you know, for, for Jen and Robin talking about, uh, you know, some of the SMS messages that, that you've seen and kind of, you know, how uh, companies should really understand that end user, I'd love to know, you know, what are some of the SMS uh, messages that you've received that really spoke to you that made you feel, wow, this, this brand understands who I am, or at least understands what I'm trying to accomplish right now? Have you received anything along those lines? I, I think for, for me, it's... Uh... It's first of all, it's the timing. So it's the right, mm -hmm. it's the right point in uh, the my purchase journey or my mm -hmm. life cycle with the the brand. So the message mm -hmm. is very on point, and mm -hmm. it does feel like it's very personalized. It's not the message I'm getting is not something that Jen could easily get. So that, yeah. that those are my two couple points there. I I will say too that so I uh, if we go for two different types so. One, I, I recently got one from a company that was trying to sell me something, but was interested. It was, a, mm -hmm. it was an offer and I knew they knew I was going to buy it because of my purchase history. And I was very thankful because the offer was going to end right away. And it was it was a big, decent purchase. So so that was that was I was grateful for. Um, and then the other ones I really appreciate are those transactional where it's a time saver to know that this has been approved or this has gone through. So this is fine. Um, and I feel like there's a world. I mean, I feel like I wish our school did text message. Wish all the schools oh did gosh. text message for, for parents. Like, I think that would be really great. So I think there's I, I, I look at it as whether. I don't appreciate the pizza ones or, or the, the ones that are not purposeful, but sure. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what Ben was saying around the sophistication. I think we could dive a little bit into 
how to go about this, the different, the different ways to use it. Cause certainly, you know, you could spam, you know, and, and get it completely wrong. But I think it's something about the channel, something about SMS that makes it, and I think going back to that word sophisticated, it almost feels like, at least for us as marketers, because we're in the game when we get one and it hits that timing, it hits that personalization. We're like, okay, we know that there's, there's some sophistication going on behind the scenes to accomplish that. You get, like, we do some really great email programs uh, on Acton and we go very far in, ter- in, in terms of leveraging the data and personalizing campaigns. But I feel like it's different. Even those campaigns are like, wow, that's really, really good, that, that email that we got. But then something about even, a, a, and it's probably not nearly as long, a much simpler text in terms of total, you know, total um, uh, visible characters, but it's on point, it's timed, and it's personalized. It's something about that. I don't know. I, I think it's because, to your point, that sophistication, and I think if you do it right, it really goes a long way. Oh, yeah. And so I, I love that you talked about the length of the, the message, too, because that goes into it as well. You have 160 characters mm-hmm. to really drive home a value point. Mm-hmm. This is the ultimate elevator pitch, right? Sure. And I'm a very wordy person, so I'm going to fail at this every day of the week. But, um, you know, when it comes down to an SMS message, if a, if a uh, brand is sending out that message, it's got to be done well at the right time. It's got to be hitting on real value points for that end user. And it's got to be done quick and succinct. Uh, one of the best examples that one of my colleagues brought up, I forget which which brand it was, unfortunately, but he went to effectively a home goods store mm. and he purchased, I think it was like a, a barbecue, you know, apron of some sort, um, some some tongs and other things for a grill that was coming up over the uh, the next week or so. And within a day or so, he received a message from that brand that said, hey, it looks like you have a barbecue coming up. Try one of our recipes. They weren't trying to sell anything. Mm -hmm. They just said, we understand based on your purchase history that you have this event coming up. Let us try to help you. And what that does from, you know, the marketing standpoint is encourages him to go back into their funnel, visit their website, check out the recipes that they have to offer. And then I'm sure within that blog post or whatever it was, there are probably links to other things that they might be able to purchase from them. But that's that's thoughtful. It shows Mm -hmm. that they understand who their end user is. They Mm -hmm. saw they purchased the barbecue goods and they were they were ready to, uh, to supply a good recipe that would help. I don't think he ended up using that recipe, but yeah. still very valuable yes. uh, SMS. Message. Well, and you remember it the, even from a pure brand play, right? Like probably when we start talking about some measurement, I mean, someone is probably looking at that campaign and trying to map back those product cells off that blog post and off the overall text campaign. But I, I'm not even sure that that's the, necessarily where I would put that in the funnel. You know, I would put that as much more of a, customer service brand loyalty style of play, because I think we would all agree that getting that, you'll be like, wow, next time I need something else that that home improvement place has to offer, I'm probably going to go back there, right? Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, when, because my example was with was with Ford um, that I got, I got text related to. It was really good, like as I was onboarding and then also for service messaging, right? Like come and book your service. But that's a big brand. And I think we ex- there is an expectation that we're starting to have among these companies, right? So, hey, if you're of a certain magnitude, you should have your stuff together. And these are great services all around. And we know they don't all do. But I can kind of look at that and be like, yeah, okay, you know, they're Ford. They probably have it together and they, they should. But then you get a smaller, maybe a, you know, 30-store home improvement location that's 
he goes mm-hmm. and he gets the barbecue tongs from and they manage to pull off something like that. And you're like, wow, that's, that's legit, right? You're like, that's really legit. And I'll go back to that 30 store retailer. Yeah. So that, that's, that's really cool. Okay. So, I mean, in terms of uh, diving into either use, I think let's do use cases before we talk about um, what you're seeing from a data and insights perspective and, you know, I'd love to talk more about that, but why don't we just kind of dig down a little bit on the, maybe the promotion side and the, uh, the customer service side of things, where, where would you, what, what comes to mind as like a, something that you guys are seeing in this learning phase right now? Yeah. You know, one of the things that that we're seeing in the learning phase for us right now is, uh, you know, a need and a desire for even more sophistication. You know, when we built this out, we built it out so that customers could send these, you know, oftentimes transactional SMS messages. We wanted our customers to be able to have the ability to say, hey, your appointment's coming up. Hey, we saw that your your, uh, kid just turned 16. They're probably getting their driver's permit soon. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to add them to your insurance policy. Um, And so now what we're seeing, though, is a lot of uh, our customers are saying, hey, listen, there might be some value here in giving us more flexibility with SMS messaging. Uh, We're seeing there are more even more use cases with like bi-directional sending, multimedia Mm -hmm. sending as well. So customers might want to be able to take a picture of, you know, a car accident that they were involved with, which, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, if it does, it's nice to be able to take a picture of your car in the moment upload it directly through the SMS and then file a claim right then and there. And so right now our SMS product is, you know, effectively one-way messaging with the ability to opt out. And we're seeing that there's a little bit more demand for more sophistication. So we're looking to potentially build out some more of our automated programs, implement bi-directional sending um, and do multimedia sending. But, you know, we're not quite sure where that's going to fall on the roadmap quite yet. We're still kind of in that data gathering phase and figuring out where should we go next with this. Interesting. Now, talk to us a little bit about the media sending. What would what would that entail? Like, would that be a marketer's ability to like to include an image or a video that that type of thing? You know, I'm not quite sure if it would include the ability to to uh, have a video in the message, but uh, definitely an image, right? So, effectively, the marketer's ability to send an image along with the uh, the text, as opposed to just a link to a web page. Um, as well as the recipient's ability to upload a message and send it back as long as we were to support bi-directional messaging. And again, that expands the available use cases, especially when you're looking at insurance uh, verticals. Again, that gives customers a wide array of flexibility to say, hey, listen, you know, I, I there's a windstorm and part of my roof blew up, which actually happened to me a few weeks ago. <laughs> Terrible experience. <laughs> um, but, you know, giving them the ability to take a quick picture of it and submit that as a claim or sub- uh, submit proof of, of damage is really, really valuable. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure there are other use cases outside of insurance. We've been kind of uh, heads down on insurance for a little while here, but uh, again, you know, we wanna be able to, to offer customers that type of flexibility. We're just not quite sure when we're gonna end up rolling that out and kind of what that roadmap is gonna look like. That's well, great. The, oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ron. No, I, I was just gonna say, I, you know, I love the way you're talking about it as an engagement channel. I think that's so important, um, you know, that any kind of a communication channel really should have that lens on how both parties on that communication. So whether it's it's the brand or it's the end consumer have the ability to, to talk to each other, whether it's text, it's, you know, a photo um, that adds so much more value um, as opposed to having that one directional pushing out a message not knowing how it resonates and not providing a way to to build that relationship. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say that I that I think the you use the word flexibility, and I think that is a good word in this case because one of the things that we've always appreciated about the Acton platform is its ability to mm-hmm. um, kind of work its way into several different marketing use cases and that flexibility that the platform gives us around the data and the automated programs and the forms and the landing pages and email programs, like the, being able to sort of conjure up these use cases, right? That, well, obviously we, we have a whole bunch that we maintain for insurance and that we're helping you guys um, wrap your head around how to extend those into SMS. But I think the ability for marketers uh, at any stage of the funnel, you know, that they, that they want to address to be able to have that flexibility, right? Which they have a lot of that flexibility today within Acton to do those things that you had just mentioned. And I think bringing that down to, to an SMS story, to me, it makes so much sense. You'll be able to essentially accomplish many of the same things that they're able to do on like the email landing page side of the house with with this um, SMS channel. That's really cool. I could see that being, um, you know, part of the reasons why we use a growth marketing platform like Acton to accomplish these types of things is because many times the other systems, the other business systems that might be in play, they don't, they can't do this or they can, they can do it, but they, they don't have the, the same ability for a marketing team to look at it, a branding team to look at it and say, you know, that's not acceptable. We can't communicate with our clients through the policy management system, you know, and that might be the easiest way to do it, but it doesn't give us the ability to tell our story the way we believe we should be telling our story. So with an Acton platform, we can essentially accomplish the same goal on that landing page or on that campaign, but we have control to really uh, manage that, that customer journey and how they're going to experience our brand. So even if there are service platforms out there that allow you to capture information over SMS and have somewhat of a two-way, there are a whole bunch of use cases that we would argue are more within the realm of marketing than they are within the realm of, you know, a customer service kind of process where, I mean, people would would absolutely lean into that, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to hear my dogs barking a little bit in the background. I apologize. It's that. We have a UPS person outside. Okay. <laughs> um, so apologies there. Um, yeah, I, you know it's it's absolutely correct uh, when you say it's it's really about that flexibility um, and that sophistication. You know, act on as a growth marketing channel is really kind of leaning into that realm. We want our customers to be able to to send email or utilize social or utilize SMS and not have to worry about okay, well, how do we better strengthen this or how do we add more value to each of those channels. We want our customers to come in and really think about, uh, you know, how should we be engaging with our end recipients and our, and our customers on a very, very thoughtful and personal and intentional level. And, you know, some of that might involve a multi-channel approach mm-hmm. all across the board. And you really do need to be super intentional when you're sitting down and thinking about, okay, well, what is our marketing strategy or what's just the customer journey that we're asking them to go through as they engage with our brand? you know, on a day-to-day or weekly or monthly basis, whatever it might be. And SMS gives a lot of that flexibility. Um, You know, I I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier is, you know, that ability to have that that personal conversation. You know, Jen, I think you mentioned earlier that, you know, one of the things about email is that it can kind of lead to almost a level of anxiety, right? There's this massive wall of promotional emails that we get day in and day out. 
and there's no bi-directional conversation. It's a one-way conversation. You know, the company or the brand sends you a message. And if you want to interact, you have to go to their, their policy page or their, you know, their dashboard or whatever it is and do some type of engagement with SMS. Right now, at least with our product, you have to do that as well. But, you know, hopefully at some point we get to that uh, level where it is bi-directional conversations and you can just communicate right there. And again, with younger generations coming in in the next, you know, five years or so, they're going to expect more of that. They're going to see that, you know, there's a lot of value in SMS. Uh, I think we're seeing a lot of universities do this already where they're sending text messages to college applicants. And, you know, I know even when I was going through college some, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, whatever it was now, um, it was really difficult to just keep track of the hundreds of emails. Mm -hmm. But if I got a singular SMS message, I responded to that instantly because it was right there. It was personal. I knew it was important if it was coming to my phone like that. And, you know, I think we're going to just see more expectations that that's going to be how people want to interact mm -hmm. with high value, high important aspects of their life. And whether that's insurance or university or just the restaurant that they really like to go to like four or five times a week, whatever it might be, um, you know, people are going to engage with SMS on the level that they're not going to engage with on email. So it is this incredibly personal, flexible uh, channel of communication. But you have to be super careful with it because if you abuse that trust, mm -hmm. people are going to opt out from it very, very quickly. So you have to be very intentional upfront and intentional all the way through. Again, people are giving you access to one of the most intimate personal parts of their life. They're giving you the ability to send them a message to a device that is on them at all times. So if you send them a message at 10 p.m. when they're getting ready to go to bed, you better believe that they're going to unsubscribe very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the exercises we're running for one of the... Um, for one of our RMGAs in, in 2022 is we're going to go out of the gate and ask the audience. So this is a, this is a, this is a broker audience, right? So we're going to ask who we're going to do, we're going to do some feedback on, on text message. And do you want it? And do you want to receive certain types of text message by, um, or certain communications that are, that are needed by text instead of always email? Right. No, that's a good way to go about it. So why don't we talk about um, measurement? Hmm. Um, sure. You know, high level. I mean, I think you mentioned open rates. But we're going to start a little bit about deliverability rates. Maybe there's a better word than open rates. And uh, yeah, just how you're thinking about it, Ben. Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. So coming from email deliverability, um, I'm used to super granular detail. You know, my, my team and I are very used to looking at, you know, what's not just the delivery rate, but what's the open rate, the click rate, the click through rate, um, opt out, spam complaints, soft bounce and hard bounce. So we really deep dive into every possible aspect and we go even further into understanding, you know, what are the domains like? How does each domain respond to your email with SMS? There's not as much granularity. It's, it's pretty high level. It's did your SMS message go through Did the recipient carrier accept the message? And was it opened? That is pretty much about it. Now you can also, um, you know, potentially track things. You know, once people get to your web page, there might be some flexibility on being able to track that. But that's really about it. Is did it did the the recipient cares receive the message and did the person uh, that you sent it to open it up? And that's all of the indication that you get as to whether wow. or not they're engaging with your brand. Wow. So it's very gray. And it's one of those things that really drives home the importance of being super intentional about how you're sending messages because you don't get the same metrics. You don't get the ability to dive into your data and say, you know what, this worked really well and this didn't. You could still perform a little bit of A-B testing and things like that to see how people respond to your messages. But 
you're not going to get the same level of granularity that you will with other marketing channels. So it is crucial that you really take the time up front mm -hmm. to understand what that target persona really looks like, what they want to see in their SMS messages, and then making sure that you're delivering value on that. And opt-outs probably see too, those... right? So oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and opt-outs as well. Yeah. And if you start getting a number of opt-outs, you know, unlike email deliverability, which has a little bit more flexibility, and you know, if, if you get a number of opt-outs, you're probably going to see, especially like Gmail is going to punish you for a day or two. And if they see you clean up your act, they'll give you a little bit of forgiveness. With SMS, you have more or less one strike. If you get a couple of opt-outs or people complain that they're receiving spam from you that was unsolicited, um, which may or may not be intentional, mm. but if they see that, you get one strike. If they see it happen again, that number is blocked. And the recipient carriers, much like recipient ISPs, are very, very good at identifying when you start snowshoeing, which is a practice of changing one phone number out from another phone number because they're going to see that the content of that message is very, very similar to what was marked as spam before. And then they'll shut that number down as well. Wow. Uh, they won't necessarily shut it down. They'll just block it from going through. So it's it's a very tough industry. You have to be very thoughtful about what you're doing up front. Wow. Yeah. So... Just on that note, I know you guys probably want to jump in on that. Um, how does Acton address that? Do you, do, are you a little bit more hands-on with the clients that are using the, the solution? Almost like I know that when we use the transactional email sending with you, there's a bit of a process that we go through. Yeah, yeah. So for transactional email sending, we approach SMS in a very similar way. We're very intentional about trying to understand who our customers are and what their use case is for sending. Mm -hmm. And then we make sure that we set them up for success right out the gates. So what we saw was as we first started to sign on our first handful of customers, they weren't quite sure how to utilize SMS. Mm -hmm. So we kind of put our heads together and we said, you know what, we need a little bit more white glove service to make sure that they're set up for success. We brought on uh, Craig Balkin, who is our amazing SMS analyst. He's the expert in the industry. Um, he's been working in SMS for 10 plus mm -hmm. years, if not longer. Um, and so we created an onboarding process and we started having uh, our SMS analysts get in front of all customers who were purchasing or even doing a demo for SMS. And he walks them through best practices, compliance, how to um, manage your opt-out list, how to set up your first welcome uh, SMS message. Um, and just kind of really teaches them how to utilize SMS within Acton and at the same time helps them build out their use case. We dig into what vertical they operate in. We understand exactly who they're trying to reach out to. And we make sure that they understand that there are risks associated with sending. And one of the things that I think is a really high value add for those customers who are new to SMS is getting them to understand that if a customer opted into receiving SMS six months ago, they may not still be opted in now. That data needs to be very, very fresh. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you've got a customer who opted in six months ago and you sent to them today, they may very well uh, mark that as spam because they haven't really seen it. Right. Yeah, exactly. They forgot about it. They weren't expecting it. So all of a sudden it's, hey, I never opted into this. So it's crucial to make sure that that opt-in data is really clean upfront and very, very up-to-date and um, just new, right? Because we want to make sure that if a customer opts in, send it with no more than two weeks later. You know, you want them to see that, hey, you've opted into this. We're excited to, to engage with you. We're excited to talk to you. And I think that's kind of where like our SMS onboarding service has really started to take off is just helping them understand how do you actually properly leverage this channel? Because it is very different and it's it's very unique in how it needs to be approached. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I, that, that was all I was going to go, go to was did you have best practices and are you, you know, even when you see the, you know, the name 
of the company like right right the beginning of the of the tech or of the text that you get so it's, i don't know if like there's little like nuances within the best practice that you help companies build out within those six yeah seven. yeah so it's it's really important to identify yourself up front so we work with customers to help them understand you know what what are the compliance and best practices that need to go into each and every single messages yeah. uh, or message that they send rather so it's you know, identify yourself upfront in every single message. So usually it's the, the company's name, a colon, and then whatever the content of the message is. And always at the end of each, uh, each message, reply stop to opt out. That sentence at the end is crucial. You need to give recipients a, an easy way to opt out. And you need to make it clear to them. Um, oftentimes, if it doesn't have that, you can still respond stop and it will opt you out. I've tested this myself a few times oh, yeah. on various brands. But making it clear establishes a level of trust, right? Because this is, again, a very personal channel and you want to make sure that you're not abusing it. And that just saying, please reply stop to opt out is a huge signal to your recipients that, hey, listen, we're not trying to force you here. We're not trying to trick you into staying mm -hmm. here. We want you to be here because it's valuable. Yeah. And if you want it, that's awesome. And if you don't just reply stop, we'll leave you alone. It's not a problem. And so we always work with customers to understand those best practices. And it's also really helpful if you have enough space in your messages to include a quick link to your terms of service mm -hmm. around SMS, mm -hmm. um, just because it gives clients the ability to, or recipients rather, the ability to dig in and understand, well, okay, oh, how are you gonna advice, message yeah. me? What times are you gonna uh, message me? Yeah. Sometimes it comes a little hard because the character count's pretty short, obviously. But again, those are the things that we work with to make uh, work with our customers to make sure they understand, like, this is how you can garner trust build the relationship. And again, it's really all about the customer experience. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, uh, we've had conversations with uh, clients or different audiences uh, about email sort of around the same level is that, you know, there's so many components. There's a strategy of, of what you're trying to achieve or engage with your customer. There's the deliverability, which uh, I think is very often overlooked, not understanding that in email and even much more of SMS, the de deliverability uh, components are so key to making sure that that end person actually uh, receives and then reads your message. And then it's going to be, you know, what is the call to action? What are you trying to achieve? And then the measurement. So there are lots of different components. Yeah. Well, I think this has been uh, a good one. We're up on, we're up at 40 minutes. So I think we're, we're probably uh, looking to wrap this up now, unless Ben, you have anything else you want to throw down, but um, no, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, you bringing me on. This has been, or this has been an absolute blast. Uh, this is my first podcast. So I've been really excited about this for the last few weeks. Oh, great. Um, yeah. So thank you again. It's been so much fun um, and really enjoyed talking about SMS with you. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. hundred percent. Looking forward to leveraging that in the future. So, all right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Ben. Talk soon. Right. Thanks, Bye, ben. ben. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Michael. Have a great one. You too. too. Bye-bye.